Hey listeners, we hope that you're staying well and sane during this stay-at-home order. Um, We spoke to the USBG Columbus chapter president, Christina Basham, uh, via Zoom. Um, We talked to her about how life is for out-of-work industry workers right now. Um, And, you know, it's really crazy. Uh, Something that she said that really stuck out to me was um, that bartenders give up so much of their lives to make other people's lives better. If you think about it, they give up weddings and uh, family gatherings and stuff every weekend to make your um, experience great. So um, we really need to to support them in any way. So if you look in the description of this podcast episode, we're going to put in some links of several ways that you can give back and help uh, our industry friends right now. Yeah. And, and please, please help any way that you can. We want all of our amazing bars and restaurants to still be here when this is all over. And don't forget, we're still doing our fan favorite cocktails every night. And then we recap every Saturday. Um, we have each bartender's uh, Venmo information in the recipe. So please feel, feel free to Tip. Um, yeah. Send tip. tips to your bartenders. And go back to, when did we start doing this? Last week? Week before last? Last week. Yeah. So two weeks we've got so far. So when you get bored um, and you want a cocktail, look at one of the recipes and then tip the bartender. Perfect. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to If This Bar Could Talk a podcast about bartenders and the stories they have to tell, as well as the storied history of cocktails, spirits, and bars. I'm Blair Beavers, and here's your host, Leanne Sims. Christina, thanks for being with us today. Oh, it's my pleasure. First of all, how are you and your family doing? You know, we are, we are okay. Um, You know, we chatted, uh, Leanne and I chatted briefly about kind of what happened in my work life, which was really unfortunate. Um, so, you know, otherwise we're, we're hanging in there. Um, luckily I'm staying very busy and I think that that's what I need to do to, uh, contribute to society. <laughs> so, uh, do you mind sharing what happened to you or were you? Oh, talking? no, not at all. So, um, I was a sales manager with Middle West Spirits and, um, had been with him for quite a while and um sales was just not a good fit for me i didn't uh love the transactional nature of the relationships and it just started to feel just started to wear on me a bit and so after really trying to come to kind of a job within middle west spirits they just weren't at a place to be able to offer me something that was better suited for me and my skill set so um i kind of opened myself up to the universe and I was approached by Levy restaurants um, at the convention center, the greater Columbus convention center. And essentially they offered me a really great opportunity as the GM of catering and basically running food and beverage for them. Um, And I was hired. I signed my offer letter like February 20, I'm going to say 24th. And, but they wanted to push back my start date um, past some of their larger events so my time with Middle West ended on March 13th, Friday, and I was supposed to start at Levy Monday, March 23rd. 
And so I tried to give myself a little space to breathe in there. And um, I went in last Wednesday, um, the, you know, teen was at the 18th and um, was in the middle of file in the middle of file filling out my tax paperwork and, and whatnot, my HR paperwork. And I got a phone call from the HR manager who was not in the building. And he told me that they had just gotten word that they were on a hiring freeze and I no longer have a job. Oh man. Jeez. That's so something similar to that happened to me about 20 some odd years ago. And, uh, it was devastating at first, but let me Mm -hmm. tell you, you're a strong woman. You'll figure out something. I know. Yeah. They, they said that I have a job waiting for me whenever they figure it out. Um, and I was really, really excited about the opportunity, but, you know, I have to admit that there's a part of me now that's a bit unsettled, which I know we all kind of feel that way. So we will see, yep. we will see what happens. But, um, you know, luckily I'm at a point in my life, which I would not have been able to say four years ago, um, where I don't, I mean, I think a lot of people for the most part live paycheck to paycheck, but I just have a little more cushion. Not a lot, but I'm not sweating it <clears throat> as badly as I might have been three or four years ago. So I guess that's the beauty of maturing a bit. <laughs> thank thank goodness good. for that. So what are you <laughs> hearing from other bartenders about how they're feeling? You know, I saw my good friend Jill yesterday, who was the bar manager at Mouton, and we, uh, I saw her just briefly to kind of check in. And, um, you know, I think a lot of us are struggling with, um, the mental, the, the defeatedness that we feel, um, and the uncertainty. And I think that a lot of people in this industry, um, you know, you, you have a shift, you punch in, you know, we don't work remotely. We don't, we don't, that's not how it works for us. And so much of what we do is about engagement. Um, a lot of people in this industry are incredibly extroverted, um, physically active or accustomed to being physically active a bit. And, um, so, you know, I think that we are trying to band together. I will say there's a lot more communication happening, um, you know, through texting and Facebook. And, um, I think that we're all trying to check in with each other, um, to make sure that we're okay. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine that's a really scary thing. And I know that, um, there are a lot of things going on, um, in support of industry professionals, um, and as the president of the USBG, how active are you in in that, all of that? I'm pretty active in that. Um, I definitely think that um, it makes me feel better to serve others. And I think that's kind of always how it's been. I, it's a big part of who I am and helps me kind of forget about the things that might be worrying me. <laughs> so um, we are right now actively, um, I set up Columbus in a a uh, a nationwide program called service industry tips. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I'm going to, I have a doc that I'll send over to you guys. So you have all this in front of you. So if you'd like to post it or you have it for reference, but, um, service industry tips is a, um, a website you can go to service industry dot tips and, um, you will, you know, go to the Columbus site and essentially you'll be randomly chosen or there's a randomization and you're chosen a bartender that you can tip. So they suggest, you know, if you're having a cocktail at home or if you're in a place where you have a bit of 
a few dollars here and there to spare. It really does add up. Um, so I set that up for us a couple of days ago and, um, luckily it was a program that was already running and I had a friend who was a part of the initial, um, founding of the program. And so just in the course of three days, we're over 400 bartenders, um, bartenders and service professionals. So this is not just for bartenders. This is for anyone in the hospitality industry. And it also covers a couple other like kind of service industries as well. So um, I encourage people to check the website out. It kind of gives you um, a list of who is eligible and the sign up is super easy and you're pretty much immediately added to the pool of people that can be randomly chosen. We'll um, add that link to our description in the, in the perfect. podcast. Thank you. Um, the other big thing that we're working on. Um, so there are two other major uh, grant or stipend situations. Um, the USBG has uh, the USBG national charity foundation. Um, USBG foundation.org is where you can find that. And they have the bartender emergency assistance program. Um, so this program uh, has been in, oh gosh, 2015, I think is when they launched this program. And um, we have seen upwards of $10 million being donated in the last just week, week and a half from a lot of the major USBG sponsors. Mm -hmm. The larger brands um, have really come through to support um, what's happening here. Um, the kicker to this one is you have to be a tipped full-time bartender. So it narrows the field a bit. They have a very specific group of people. Um, but the nice part is you do not have to be a USBG member in order to receive a, a grant, um, an emergency assistance grant. So um, that's a pretty great thing. So the members of the USBG, those of us especially in kind of upper leadership um, who are not eligible for the grant, are really trying to dig through. We have received tens of thousands of applications in the last seven days. Oh, wow. So there's a lot, a lot to do, um, but we'll get it done. <laughs> so there, there are three shifts per day that we're working. There are three, four hour shifts that you can choose from on a daily basis to um, work on these things. So, um, and, and you don't have to be a bartender or involved with USBG, not necessarily to, to assist with, with vetting applicants. So, um, you know, if you're out there and you have some spare time and, uh, you know, you want to give a little time, I would definitely encourage you to check out usbgfoundation.org and okay. see if, you know, there's an opportunity to assist with vetting applications. Okay. Um, the other one is actually not for bartenders, but for the children of restaurant employees. It's the core program, C-O-R-E. Um, you can find them at coregives.org and, I'm actually an ambassador for CORE um, here in the Columbus area. And essentially they support the children of industry workers who have experienced a financial challenge or hardship. Um, so they've been around quite a while as well. I believe they're based out of Tennessee. Um, and it's a really great program to focus on, you know, the people who, who really can't help themselves. Um, there are a few others, another round, another rally. They're not currently accepting applications. I think that they got kind of overwhelmed. Um, but there are another rounds, another rally.org. And, um, they, there apparently is an option and I don't know the details, but there's a possibility that you can have a local GoFundMe that you can then funnel through them so that you don't have to pay taxes since they're a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So I've sent an email to get, there's gather some information about that. 
Um, I would say the best overall resource, um, Tobin Ellis, who is a consultant and a well-known name in our industry. Um, and he makes incredible bar, uh, barware and, uh, bar equipment. Um, the Tobin Ellis is like one of the fanciest, <laughs> coolest things you can have in your bar. Um, he's created a hospitality relief board. Um, so his website is barmagic.com, but if you slash backslash relief, um, you can find a state by state kind of clickable map with relief efforts in every state, including the state orders of what you are and are not allowed to do as far as your governor is concerned. And okay. then he lists all of the national programs. Um, and so you can click on those and then kind of file through them and see what you're eligible for. Um, and it's, it's ranging all from bartenders to restaurant owners. Um, you know, some things kind of cover all bases, but there are definitely a lot of resources out there um, to assist on a financial level. Um, you know, so, there are a lot of political campaigns you can get involved in. Unite America's Table is one of the, it's a petition um, that is going around um, and the Size Matter campaign as well, which kind of helps connect you to your local government officials. So I was, we were watching your, um, your cocktail class last night, which was great, <laughs> by the way. Um, Echo Spirits is bringing in bartenders to do online classes, and it's every Thursday at 7.30 uh, p.m. And uh, mm -hmm. when, when you're... Yeah, it was really class, great. Um, I love Joe and Nikhil. I worked with them on a consulting basis very briefly last spring. And, um, of course, being with a local distillery at the time and having so much, so much uh, local love for Columbus and, and the spirits industry. Um, we hit it off and, uh, they have a delicious, very like character rum. And, um, I was really honored that they asked me to come in and, you know, we just did a little kind of hear what your bar tools are and here's where you can get them and here's what they're used for. And, um, you know, kind of basic stuff, but I, I think that that's especially, you know, I had 15 years behind the stick people stop you all the time and ask you, you know, what is that for and how do you use, utilize that? And um, so that's really, it was, it was very fun. And it was the first time, you know, we had done it. I've done those and I've done those for bar teams and for owners and I've done those in people's homes before um, as a part of a larger, you know, class, but um, doing that through a phone camera was a really interesting experience, yeah. but um, it's heartbreaking. Oh. You know, they would have been doing their, their grand opening. Yeah. Um, so what what stuck out to me was after the uh, the class was over, Derek Reno, who who was employed by Echo Spirits to run their bar program, uh, said and he and he teared up a little bit. He said, you know, I'm I'm really fortunate to work for this company because even though our bar is shut down, I'm still employed. Is that unusual? That I mean, how many bars and uh, restaurants do you know of that are still paying their bartenders and wait staff? Is that unusual? Very unusual. Um, and I think the reason that that is happening with them is because they were on the heels of their opening. So in the way that you kind of open and open when, when you open, you know, you need to get the doors open. You need to create, um, some financial diversity if you can. Uh, you know, for them, they're always, they're always things that you've got to tie up. There's always loose ends that you can't get done before the doors open. So I think luckily, um, you know, I believe this is a passion project for, for Joe and Nikhil. Um, you know, they, they don't come from a distilling background, um, but they really have a, a passion for what they're doing. And I think Derek got very lucky 
to not only work with and for really fantastic owners um, who just really seem to understand, you know, what community looks like and how important giving back is. Um, I believe that they're doing proceeds from their non-spirits, uh, maybe just their t-shirts, but they're doing a percentage of those um, purchases will be uh, given to the USBG uh, relief fund or the um, bartender emergency assistance program. So that's fantastic to see. Um, and giving bartenders an opportunity to engage because that is something we love to do. Uh, Uncle Nearest Premium Whiskey, uh, they have, there's an Uncle Nearest Ohio kind of Facebook group. And Ronica Dillingham is based out of Chicago, or I'm sorry, Cincinnati. And uh, she's doing happy hours as well. She's actually paying a very, very small stipend to the bartenders who are doing it. And essentially you create a cocktail and she sets up a Facebook event and um, a, a Zoom, I believe. And you share your cocktail, you make your cocktail and then you kind of hang out. It's an hour and a half long and just kind of chat with the people who are engaging. And that's set up to tip your bartender as well. So that's really fun. And I'm going to be working with a couple other brands um, next week and for the weeks after to do some fun stuff like that. So that's been the nice part is that in the way that we have to slow down, um, we're still staying creative. And I think that, you know, spirit brands are really trying to find ways to engage. Of course, they need to stay front of mind with their brands. So it's, it's a perfect win-win for everyone. Um, and we get to do what we love, which is make cocktails and interact with people and, share a little bit about what we know and hopefully, you know, give uh, people tips and tricks for their home bar, whether you're a consumer or, you know, maybe a more green bartender or just kind of curious about somebody else's, you know, opinion on this, this, this fact that we might or might think of as a fact. So, right. Right. Sure. Um, Do you have any sense of, or have you gotten any feedback from other bartenders about the process for filing for unemployment? Well, I can tell you that, um, I mean, I have been attempting to file unemployment and um, there was a, quote, pin issue and I have not been able to get through to a human being. Um, so I can't file until I talk to a human and the the website or the phone actually just they just hang up on you like the recording just hangs up because they're so overwhelmed. So you can't even wait on hold for hours anymore. Wow. Um, I would be totally willing to do that. <laughs> wow. So, so. What, yeah, I, what I see with unemployment for bartenders is that the the amount that you receive is always like a third Based of your salary, your but they're basing it on the bartender's hourly rate, correct? Not including oh. tips. Correct. Unless so, they've, it depends on what they've claimed. So I think there are two ways that this happens, and I, and I could be wrong, but I believe if you're a tipped individual, you have to, they have to either your tips that you've claimed have to at least equate to minimum wage. Okay. And if they don't, then they basically bump you to minimum wage and then give you unemployment from that number. So I think the problem unemployment based on minimum wage, which isn't enough to live. Correct. Um, I think I keep thinking about how we're going to walk away from, from this pandemic. And I think that we all know, myself included, it's been a long time not being very responsible with my money, um, especially when I started bartending. Everything was cash. Tips were cash. Uh, you didn't get tips on your checks. It's just not how it worked. And uh, nobody and I didn't come from a, a home or a family that taught me anything about managing money. So I wasted a lot of money 
on who knows what. And I spent a lot of money eating and drinking with at my at my friends establishments when I wasn't working. It was always the running joke that there was like a hundred dollar bill that was just being passed between people um, over and over and over again. And um, I think there this is a time where we really have to look at this industry. It's hard to take yourself seriously. And it's hard to say I'm a professional in what I do when you're still really not respected by the majority of, of, you know, the population. They don't. And I think that it's getting better, but we've been fighting and that's part of the USBG's mission. Um, you know, we want to bring to light professional bartending. This is a real job, you know, and this is something where people spend their lives more time at their jobs and in their homes or, you know, creating experiences for other people. And there's a huge sacrifice in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bartenders give up nights and weekends. They give up weddings. They give up concerts. They give up a lot of things to to do what they do because they love it and they love bringing joy to other people. Right. Um, but I do hope that this gives everyone an opportunity. It's not only a call to action to say, like, the people who work in hospitality are very important to our society. I mean, 51% of Ohioans, um, Ohioans eat in restaurants or bars 51% of the time. Um, and that's I, my, one of my very best friends works for the Ohio Restaurant Association. So we spend a lot of time talking about this stuff and, you know, it's a major part of our culture. Right. And, um, I hope that, you know, even my friends who are still, you know, kind of on a, doing a tipped wage thing and maybe they receive a management stipend for their extra time that they spend doing inventory. But I hope that we all are. I just want to impress upon them that we need to pay better attention to what we spend and how we're spending it. And we need to take care of ourselves and make ourselves a priority. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard, right? Like I love to spend money. Sure. Who doesn't? Absolutely. It's really fun, right? <laughs> it brings me joy, but you know, do I want to spend money now or do I not want to have to sweat something when something happens down the road? Right. And we've just never seen anything like that. We've never seen something where it was like, there's absolutely no way for you to make money right. unless you create your own, you know, own way of, of doing it. So, yeah. yeah. So, uh, on is, is there a way that we can reach out to our legislatures to, so that they can hear these voices and know that we need to support our service industry professionals. Is that something that's on the USBG website? There is a lot of stuff out there. Um, so you can sign the petition at americastable.org. Um, there's also James DeFrance, our secretary for the Columbus USBG, wrote a beautiful letter, which he has sent out to pretty much everyone under the sun. And we got the support of both the Cincinnati and Cleveland chapters. Um, and I'm happy to send you a copy of that as well, just so you guys have it. Um, but we've sent that out to hundreds of um, local government officials and it's been sent to the Ohio Restaurant Association and we've sent it out as a you know possible press release. So we're definitely trying to engage with people and help them understand a little bit more about how this is impacting, um, you know, our city and our state and and the people here who, are really depending on that support. Um, we're working with um, with the USBG locally. Um, I have this bright idea. <laughs> uh, we we want to create kind of a a humans of uh, you know the CBSBG or um, 
something like that. And so we're working on a program where we'll be highlighting members every day with uh, Venmo QR codes um, and PayPal and cash app and whatnot. And uh, we'll be able to feature them and feature a little bit about them. And, and hopefully we'll kind of start this campaign so that everyone out there can learn a little bit about who makes up our 80 plus members here in Columbus. And, um, and hopefully, you know, if they find themselves that they have a little extra cash laying around, they can create some relationships where they can connect with those bartenders when this yeah. is all said and done. When we've been posting our um, our nightly fan favorite cocktails and the bartenders, um, we've suggested that people use their lunch money to tip because they aren't they're staying at home, stay at home eating. Oh my gosh, that's a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the plus, right? Is that we're not really. I mean, I've spent a lot more at Costco the last couple of weeks than I have in a long time. Yeah, but. You know, outside of that, um, you know, there's not really, um, you know, more and more of the kind of takeout options are closing, mm-hmm. um, which I completely understand. And so people are suggesting buying. Uh, it's really unprecedented. It's hard to watch. It's um, I get emotional several times a day, just kind of a bit overwhelmed at, at what's happening. And and. And equally or more overwhelmed with the way that I'm seeing people support each other. Um, and I know as a guild, we're trying to put together even some education initiatives um, to keep our members engaged and to keep their mind off of it and to help them utilize this time that, you know, they wouldn't normally have. So there have been some like gifts, if you will. Um, Perno Ricard has a, a program called Bar Smarts and they have created a free code for bartenders that they can go on. It's an entire online, um, it's level one of their education. It's really fantastic. And um, so they've done that. And we're working with some other brands to create some webinars. And um, we're working on kind of a sponsor, sponsor a bartender initiative uh, where people would be able to go and help uh, a bartender complete um, an education opportunity that they might have that they would have the time to do now that they might not really be able to execute when they're behind the stick, you know, full time. So um, something like, you know, maybe the W set or level one Cicerone um, or like the, the, you know, was it the Staven thief Thief, society? yeah. Yeah. So we're looking at finding a way to connect people who want to engage with bartenders and really have, be able to say I have a stake in their education mm-hmm. um, to be able to do something like that. Yeah, that's a great idea. So I've read a lot where people are saying buy gift cards, buy gift cards, which I think is a great idea and people should do that. But um, my concern is that when this is all over and we're all back in business, that there are going to be a bunch of people walking in with gift cards. How long should people wait before they use their gift cards? Cause we want to give you guys a chance to get back up and running, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know, because I think it depends on how long this goes. And I, I know that we all keep hearing, I've heard, you know, by the end of April, I've heard June, I've heard it could go through August. Um, and I think that we'll have to swerve as as things come up and as, as we see, you know, how long is this really going to last? And, you know, you can, people can only stay engaged for so long. That's just the reality of, of I think, what we're looking at. So, um, how long do we, I mean, I don't know, as long as you can. Yeah. I, I <laughs> My hope would be that maybe they're, they're giving, doing gift cards and maybe they're putting instead of a year expiration, they, maybe they would do two. Um, but yeah, I would say hold off. If you're lucky enough to not be sweating that, um, 
yeah, those businesses will need, we'll, you know, it, it's just estimated that we'll lose 25% of our small bars, small businesses, bars and restaurants. They will not, they will not have the capacity to reopen after this. And it's heartbreaking because for me, the smaller I've worked in owner operated spaces in most of my entire existence. And those spaces are built like on the backs and with blood, sweat and tears of the people in them. Um, you know, there's no corporate manual. There's no, um, muscle that they can bring in to help. I mean, you're either making it happen or you're not. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's really heartbreaking because I do think that we're going to lose, you know, some of our favorite places in the city, um, because of this. Well, not if we have anything to do with it. <laughs> so in closing, Christina, I'm going to name some things that are going on around town to help uh, bartenders and other things that bartenders are doing. So Miratas um, mm-hmm. Restaurant is selling their wine, um, and 100% of the proceeds go to their staff. Um, we already mentioned Echo Spirits. Um, they're doing cocktail classes every Thursday at 7.30 p.m., and you can Venmo the bartender that is presenting. And that's on Facebook Live. It's on Facebook Live. Christina Basham, president of the USBG, thank you so much for talking to us today. It was very informative, and um, I hope that you stay well. Thank you so much. Thank you for you both. Have a fantastic day. Thanks for having me. Cheers. 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 Listeners, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Seabus Craft Cocktail Tour. Visit our website at columbuscraftcocktailtour.com for cocktail tour dates, women and whiskey tastings, special events, merchandise. And if you're looking for a gift for that special person in your life, get them a gift card to our cocktail tour. Thank you to our producer, Greg Hansberry, and to the biographer for our original music. And please remember to drink responsibly and be cocktail curious. Cheers. Cheers.